Good morning from Sugar City Studios, beautiful historic Savannah, Georgia, Johnson Square, downtown. Dr. Walter Kimsey's. Good morning. Good morning, Mark. How are you? Doing great, man. How are you doing? Excellent. Season two, right? That's right. Season two. Kicking it off. As always, appreciate your time, your insight. It's a lot of fun. We've got viewers in four or five counties at this point. Mm -hmm. I think we're up to double digits, maybe 11, 12 followers. No, 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 no. My cousin in Germany, he's watching us. So All right. We're, we're international okay, now. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> hey, the topic of the week seems to be the infrastructure bill, bill and what's happening there, right, in D.C. And there's a lot of background of that. Obviously, it's been politicized. But at the end of the day, having a trillion dollars that is being dedicated to infrastructure is a big deal in a lot of different ways. You want to break that down for us? Yeah. Let's start with the numbers. As I understand it, because uh, the bill is still being hammered out in the Senate, they haven't passed it yet, although the, both parties say they've come to an agreement. But the amount is actually half a trillion dollars because the half a trillion dollars was already budgeted to invest in transportation infrastructure. So it's, a, it's an extra half a trillion dollars, Mark. But having said that, what I have not seen in the bill or anybody talk about in the bill is the, any legislation to allow more public-private partnerships. You know, we have a very wealthy country with over $100 trillion of private wealth, and that money could be invested in infrastructure, which produces a return, as opposed to a lot of speculation and commodities, buying or selling oil futures and gold futures and that kind of unproductive stuff. And a hundred trillion dollars is a lot of money. Oh my gosh. I don't know how many, is that 15 zeros, 18 zeros? Nah, sorry, I'm not that numerate. Okay, anyway, keep going, sorry. I'm quantitative, not numerate. <laughs> so- I don't uh, think I'm either. <laughs> but the sad thing about the infrastructure bill is that it's taken so long and, and there still is a lot of divide. One side believes that infrastructure is just to create jobs. The other side thinks that if you let the private sector build the infrastructure, then the public will get ripped off. And, and these arguments just keep popping up over and over and over again. It's been 15 years that I left Wall Street and, and joined infrastructure and the port business and then on to other parts of infrastructure. And the one thing that is sad is that nobody stops for a minute and thinks, what does infrastructure do? And so Biden did something interesting in that he expanded the definition of infrastructure, but he's still incorrect. I see three types of infrastructure that we need. So my definition of infrastructure is infrastructure is anything that you need in order to make the economy able to produce the level of goods and services it does right now. And that includes continue to grow and do more of that as the population grows. So that's to me what, what infrastructure does. Now, some people in Wall Street refer to infrastructure as a non-cyclical good. And that doesn't make sense to me because, you know, I've worked with ports. Ports are infrastructure, but ports have their ups and they have their downs. Right. Right. It goes with the business cycle. So the correct definition is what do you need in order to make the economy work? And there's three things. You need physical infrastructure. You need social infrastructure like police, like schools, universities. And you have to have a lot of conventions, things that, that we, we take for granted are infrastructure. For example, if I take a piece of paper and I draw a vertical line on it, what do you think that represents? And you'll say, well, it's either a one, it's an I, 
or it's a lowercase l. But there's that immediate acceptance between you and me that certain symbols mean certain things. That's infrastructure. If we didn't have language and, language. and letters, right. you wouldn't be able to do what we do today. So when we invest in infrastructure, what happens is the output per person increases. And when you break it down, and GDP is driven by two things. It's the number of people out there, right, plus the stuff that they produce. Right. So each person's production is added to the others, and the sum of it all is GDP. So if you have more people, you get more GDP, assuming the newer people are just as productive. If you get more output per person, you get more GDP. And that's what infrastructure does. If you took down the bridges that cross into Manhattan, cross the rivers into Manhattan, and everybody had to take a barge or a little, you know, ferry to take their car to and from. What would happen to GDP in the Northeast? It would, it would tank. You put this stuff back in, it goes way up. And so we're lever leveraging human capital. Exactly. Yeah. And that's the missing part of the whole debate is infrastructure increases the rate at which the economy can grow. And that takes us back to how do you pay for this? I read articles in all kinds of newspapers in the last few days, left wing, right wing, center wing, whatever wing. And the one debate that's missing here, one issue is that when you make the economy grow faster, you generate more income, and that income is taxed, and there's additional tax revenue that can pay for the infrastructure. And for some reason, it may be in the bill, but it is definitely not included in a lot of the discussions about infrastructure that you see, uh, at least in the, in the printed media. One of the things, obviously, that when you talk about a half a trillion, you know, 10 billion per state, and while that sounds like a lot, we were talking about it a little bit earlier, uh, maybe that's not enough, right? Right. In terms of, you know, addressing some of the issues we've got. I mean, we've got infrastructure that's aging, you know, the big bridge in Tennessee across the Mississippi River, I-40, I mean, just rebuilding that section of road, that section of bridge could be two, three billion dollars. And that's a maintenance issue, really, not really pushing us forward. So two things. Number one, you know, what number should we be looking at? And number two, you said that we're not addressing all of these. Obviously, we're addressing the physical, but in terms of, you know, the social or the, you know, the language piece of infrastructure, what do we need to do? You said something very profound here about it's about $10 billion of additional spending per state matched by state funding. So some states like Georgia will add even more money to that. This is a very forward-looking, forward-moving kind of state. You know, look at the port, look at the roadways. And Georgia has been very proactive in this. Right. But nationally, in order to make this really pay, you can't spread the capital like peanut butter over crackers. You need to pick the projects that will have the biggest immediate impact on the economy, the biggest jolt to GDP, to incomes, because that'll produce the tax revenues that can pay for the next round of infrastructure. Right. Because if, it, you know, half a trillion dollars, that's just not enough. And it's, and it's something you'll have to spend over time anyways. So you should prioritize it by the things that create a virtuous cycle. So the more, the more income you have, the more you save. The more you save, the more you can invest. The more you invest, the more productivity, more productivity, more income, and so forth. 
not all projects are equal. Exactly. So you want to kick things off where you get the biggest bang in the beginning, and then you know with subsequent rounds, take care of the rest of it. Right. And one place where we sorely need this spending is the Mississippi Waterway. It's the most wonderful riverway system with locks and bridges and dams, you know, probably anywhere in the world. But our economy has grown so much, you know, uh, the world economy has grown so much. We move so much on the Mississippi, and 70% of that infrastructure is at least 75 years of age. Wow. And look, you design infrastructure for 50 years, you check it at 25, you check it at 50, See if you can get another 25 out of it. If you can, great. But at 75, you're done. Have you got a raw number on that? Uh, on, on which? That infrastructure needed just in that Mississippi River corridor? I wish I'd been smart enough to look it up, but I got a good friend of mine who runs the Soybean Transportation Coalition, Mike Steenhook. And uh, we sit on the same advisory committee to the uh, Secretary of Commerce. And Mike has funded research to estimate that number. So I'll have to look it up and we'll bring it up in a future tape. Come back later and pick exactly. that up. The other last point on this, Walter, we've talked about the long-term impact of a dollar spent on infrastructure, how mm-hmm. a lot of economists look at it in terms of a snapshot. And earlier we talked about it, really a long-term view. Can you sort of wrap us up on that point? Yeah, absolutely. You know, if you ask an economist, what will infrastructure spending do for the economy? They basically say, well, how many people are going to get employed to build uh, the bridge or whatever? Well, well, 100 guys. So they go, okay, 100, 100 people times some extra income they're going to have. How long is it going to take to build it? Uh, I don't know, about uh, you know a year. So they go, okay, great. So GDP will go up by the salary of those guys uh, or, or folks uh, over that one-year period. That's it. There's nothing beyond that. That's they, they don't forecast beyond that. And the problem is, is that the models that they use are correlation-based. You know, I have to use correlations too when I don't have causality. But you need to look at causality. What infrastructure does is it increases productivity. That's the long-term impact. All those tunnels and bridges that we've built in this country have allowed a, a, a much larger economy to evolve and emerge and be sustained. And, and that's the, the long-term impact. Walter, as always, thanks. Great being with you this morning. Yeah, same here. All right, we'll talk soon. Take care.